too much TV, too many newspapers Got a nigga thinking evil Got me thinking I'm looking at my enemy When I'm looking at my own people Notice when a white man looks at my watch I think he's trying to pay me a compliment When a black man looks at my watch I think he's trying to knock my confidence I was in Amsterdam smoking blue cheese And I had an epiphany All these negative preconceptions Just bring more negativity Instead of investing in new businesses They buy new artillery Everybody in the hood wanna spray a 16 And I don't mean lyrically Underdog psychosis spreading around in the hood like flu Security guard follow me around like I ain't got two pounds to pay for my juice Now all this bullshit got me smoking this stupid zoo Told Boris he's lucky that I made it rapping I would have been looting too Niggas ain't got GCSE still don't wanna work for a minimum wage These days man will murder a man for a box of grade Every time the 3-8 barrel spins Martin Luther turns in the grave It's real life no computer game we're living in the streets of rage Yeah Welcome, welcome back. Welcome. Hello. Guess what I realized? We didn't sing sound the first time. Yeah, we did. Pretty sure you did. I don't remember sync sounding. I remember getting the pen out, but I actually don't remember sync sounding. So uh, sound syncing. But I did. Maybe I sign. just remember asking you if you had the sync sound pen. You asked me, but I actually don't remember the doing fuck, it. Fuck, you're in charge of that. I know. I'm so sorry. You want to talk? I, you want to? You want to? I'll, I'll. I mean, I. Made it work before we started doing it, so yeah. I'll I just it it's, it, a simple thing, but I caused you a little bit more work. Oh, uh, so. we were talking about vape pens versus real stuff again. <laughs> I was saying how it, like a vape pen versus a pre-roll is like diet soda versus regular soda, right. or like a vegan or beef, uh, vegan chicken beef or chicken patty, patty versus like a real. Like beef yeah. or chicken patty. Because we were talking about how, like... That the overall effect isn't the same. Yeah, it's completely different, for sure. But I was saying how I felt like it it met the minimal kind of whatever it needed to meet inside of me to feel like I, I'm okay with sticking like to just vape. run its course. Right. Of. Like, And I was saying, kind of over break, I kind of have radically accepted like I want to stop being all talk about quitting and taking a break and whatever and I want to do it because um we spent 10 years talking about moving to California yeah, we were you said you don't want it to be another California, yeah I don't want it to be another like, California 10 years to, to finally do something I'm talking about doing and I feel like I'm I we and both have a habit of that we do we do we always backpedal we have a habit we always complain that we have so much stuff we can work on but then we distract ourselves negotiate with this our, other thing our way out yeah we negotiate oh <laughs> we have all the time to do this stuff yet it continues to pile up and you're getting stressed out about all the stuff you have to work on and I'm stressed out about all the stuff I have that I want to do and I was saying if I had smoked pre-roll today we probably wouldn't have podcasted i probably wouldn't have gotten like anything done except for my laundry and i probably would have just like fucked around on social media all day um and 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 knowing that like that's probably what really would have happened like i'm 100 <laughs> percent sure that that's how i would have spent my day and i looking back have spent a lot of days just fucking around, wasting all this time not doing anything I wanted to do and claimed I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of feeling like that. And so I have radically accepted that I either have to stick to this vape and 
just deal with the minimal consequences that it has or I just need to not have it at all because I I don't want to deal with the stinkiness and the sticky stuff and the ashes and like yeah. so just more kind of and I think I think maybe you're you're maybe struggling a little bit more with accepting it because because you were kind of negotiating well what if what if we get this other kind of thing we can use <laughs> yeah. and we can vape with a flower yeah and, instead of an oil and we've kind of always talked about like well that's getting into like a territory that yeah, like we, try we don't want to have, get into yeah we don't want to have like paraphernalia yeah or, like, at least with pre-rolls you, you really just have like, to have a lighter a nail or something right that, like i don't want any of that heated. weird yeah. con- i don't want any of that Ash. that doesn't feel good to me yeah. it, and it gives me a sense of like disgust and desperation and that's not the road i want to go down that's not the person i want to be because i feel like i've allowed myself to constantly shortcome and i don't hold myself accountable for it like i'm saying i'm i talk a big game i want to do all these things but when it comes to doing it i'm not doing it yeah and i just kind of am over it i was thinking of trying crack (laughs) Oh my god. That was not (laughs) that was not the response I was expecting. But but (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm joking. Yeah, Um, I would not let that happen, by the way. I I do struggle with like feeling like I, I need access to something that can like instantly make me feel good though i think i struggle with that more than you maybe because i was smoking more before you yeah so. i didn't really get into i mean i've smoked before i met you but i never really like took it up as like a, as much as i do now and as much as i've kind of grown to do um but i just again you don't you don't need yeah a substance and to like feel it, good yeah. and it doesn't need to be a lifestyle and like that's it, what i'm really good. struggling with is like i i guess i i maybe had accepted that it, it is going to be a lifestyle. a lifestyle and i think at, at some, point some point i had accepted that so that's, and that's why it was that's okay the radical for us to smoke every day of, and yeah and trying to now accept the opposite feels unnatural and but you, against everything that like I or we've been doing for years, I think, and m- it's a struggle. Maybe, maybe <clears throat> because I try to constantly reframe it. So when I start to feel like okay, I kind of wish I had a pre-roll. Like I'm not really feeling this vape. Like I just want to like whatever. Smoke some meth. <laughs> no, I don't smoke meth. I think of more of, okay, well, if you do that, like, how's that going to make you feel? Is it going to make you feel like you're continuing to fall into this cycle that's never going to give you the things you want? Are you going to continue to feel like you're punishing yourself because you, you're choosing to spend more time on this than, <laughs> than the... We want to go travel. We want to explore. Well, we're never going to do those things if we continue to let this thing kind of take our time and take our money because Ari it's Shafir easy says you don't have to be wealthy to travel though you don't have to be wealthy <laughs> i'm not saying I'm we have to be wealthy to travel but 
because we're not wealthy, we would have to make choices on where we can make cuts in the budget to have that money to travel. And this is a completely unnecessary expense. Like it is super helpful, yes, and we enjoy it. But in reality, if we really tried hard and dealt with the feelings and the anxieties and the dumb shit that comes along with not inhabiting, you know, covering it up with a substance, like. You think it's doing more harm than good now? Like it's just kind of run its course for us. Kind of. Like I. It's part now. We need to move on. I know, like, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm talking yeah. like it sounds like I'm not struggling with it, but I am. Like, I'm, I'm completely struggling with it, but I just also, I want to gain my control back, and I want to to have the, the knowledge of knowing that I have, like, that control, and I want to do better things with my time. Yeah. That is a big and part I know of it you is want like to too. feeling like I need to go down this road, but I'm incapable of pulling the trigger on it. And living with that on a day-to-day basis is heavy. I think that's what a lot of addicts and or people with trauma deal with. Because um, they lack a lot of maybe willpower or the knowledge and the coping tools and stuff to like go down that road and be capable of managing going down that road yeah. and having the the directions you need and the vehicle you need and stuff to go down that that road of trying to balance that and, yeah uh it's and i i it's heavy for i feel like i've kind of also come to the realization that it's something i know that you struggle with <laughs> on top of me struggling with but i'm also enabling and so now like we're playing this enabling role with each other (laughs) that like we both know it's not who that person wants to be and it's not like that lifestyle that person wants to have so not only are we allowing ourselves to self-destruct we're allowing the other person who we place a lot of trust in to destruct with us and Help yeah. us destruct. Destroy, or, Help uh, destroy myself. Uh, or uh, distract too. Yeah. Distracting us from going down that road or getting the stuff we need to do it. Yeah. And so then I kind of feel guilty. I feel like a little bit of guilt is attached to it because yeah. um, there's been Some plenty shame. of times where it seems like you had the willpower and the, the energy to go and do it, but I didn't. I was lagging. And so then I would drag us back in <laughs> or, vice, or vice, versa. vice versa. There would be those days that we would try and I would be, <laughs> I would be fine, yeah. but I could tell you were struggling a lot. And so I would succumb to it because I want to please and I want to fix it and I would enable you and I would say, okay, let's go. And so I think that's, it's, a, it's another very unhealthy behavior that we're aware of but we continue to like allow oh struggling to overcome it <clears throat> yeah sorry to get so heavy but <coughs> no sorry <laughs> some good conversation I, uh, yeah i thought we should have talked about that a little bit more on mic since it came back up or i brought it back up what we have a strain here which one is this the pineapple I think that's jack? pineapple jack and i think this is like infinity kush or something yeah they're both sativa I don't know, you picked, you, you sent me the pictures, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> I didn't look uh, into them at all, honestly. Man, I do miss the uh, Hawaiian Rare. 
yeah, cool roll. I think that, that was will my all time favorite. Probably always oh, be my favorite. The fruity. And then King's Gardens, like uh, no, no, King's no, no, Cake. No. <laughs> nope. That's probably my second nope. favorite. But those are pastimes. Yeah. It's okay to. This, no, th- th- this I don't even want to say it. This mind. one doesn't even compare to the Hawaiian Herrera, even though it's the same. It's Jack Herrera. And, which I guess are like all in the same family or and, something. Uh, Hawaiian Kush or something. Strain. I don't know. Which, I guess Hawaiian Kush or whatever uh, might be different than the Pineapple Kush. But I don't know. I just associate both with, with Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, either way, they're both tropical seeming. Uh, that's a typical drug behavior. Uh, drug addict behavior is uh, <laughs> like kind of idolizing your uh, Hawaiian rare, my favorite strain, your favorite drugs, or your favorite that's like, memories. Uh, my favorite hard alcohol. <laughs> oh uh, I love just sucking down tequila nonstop. Right, let's get back into some screenshots. Yeah, let's, I don't know let's how lighten much, the mood. How, how much longer we'll go, but. Uh, it is now almost 6 p.m. Uh, I would say maybe <clears throat> we can go maybe a half an hour to an hour. Do you think you can survive that? Try to truck on through since they're going to be two different posted episodes. Yeah, we'll see what we can do here. And this one is a screenshot from uh, Cosmo. One of your Cosmos back when you had a when I had a subscription. A subscription. <laughs> I hope you feel shame and, and disgust discussed um, over that period you know i i do because the more i think about how cosmo is telling me to twist men's nipples the more uncomfortable <laughs> I, I get about having subscribed and yeah, put a finger in their booty right about right before they're, <laughs> they're gonna ejaculate i had to like reread that multiple times i was and like you're have, telling me you want me to stick my thumb he's and, ever had like they tell yeah. women to do the fucking crazy yeah, thing they were like you really want to get your man going right before he comes <laughs> put your thumb in his butthole and he'll have the best orgasm of his life i don't know i i don't think i can believe that why are they <laughs> not just telling women to communicate with their man and see what he wants and what yeah, he likes instead they like him, make all these weird what do you like what are you willing to try with me cosmo just seemed like nothing but like weird propaganda trying to they had like weird high pressure kind of marketing ways of like writing their articles and like this one i'm about to read uh, the headline is you should be rich and famous Okay. Yeah. This is from a September you 2012. Uh, and why co- should I be? Copy of Cosmo. Because then I'm not cool. I'm not a part of some elite club. Uh, the sub headline says everyone else is doing it, babe. Now it's your turn. Our f- <laughs> our five step plan will help you create your brand, build a fan base, and start raking in the cash. Uh, okay. This is by Mina Azadi. Uh, the I first, feel like I totally have heard that name before. Uh, the sidebar has, not sure what your passion is. If you need help zeroing, zeroing in on something you could build a brand around, look to the people who know you better than yourself. Ask friends, coworkers, family members who adore you. Which objects, places, experience, trends, etc. they associate with you. You may be surprised to hear them all mention one thing, revealing a passion you didn't realize you had. That's kind of an interesting suggestion, mm. although half of it's kind of weird because it's almost insinuating that you don't know what you like, but you should be building a company and a brand 
right. around that thing. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> so you don't know what it, you don't even you know. You have what no it is. knowledge about what you like or what you should focus on, but you should start building a brand. Like that. That's very conflicting to me. That's conflicting advice. Seems, You're telling yeah. people who are kind of uninformed and maybe shouldn't be doing that to, to go ahead and start. <laughs> I don't know, but I did like the suggestion. Maybe uh, just for fun, uh, ask and if, if you're already like in business or something, or or you're uh, in some I just situation that was a cool where you can't ask that. Kind yeah, of a cool suggestion. Okay, but step one, let's get to the meat of her article. Think like a brand. You have you have an idea of what you want to do. It's time to take it one step further. Just like any other brand, whether it's Nike or Skinny Girl, you need a strategy that sets you apart from your competition. That's where this three-part formula to the right comes into play. So find the gap. What isn't already at, what isn't out there already? Solve a problem. Give people a reason to seek you out. What service will you provide? And get specific. The more targeted you are, the more unique you'll be. And then in the uh, middle, I I already don't like that. The more <laughs> targeted you are, it already seems like you're you're trying to be like uh, manipulative in some way. You're trying to target it. You're trying to target it. I don't know. More Just targeted specific you specific about like getting specific about, about like, who you want your fan base you to be. Who do you want your your client? What who do what who do you want your clients to be? When they overlap like this, and then there's like a center. Uh, a pen, Venn diagram. Yeah, a Venn. Venn? V-E-N-N. And so in the middle uh, says your brand strategy. Some kind of diagram. Is the overlap of all those. Um, Okay, step two. I don't really have any critique on that. Step two, master your domain. Literally, once you have a game plan, (laughs) you need a platform, i.e. your own website and blog, which everyone has. I don't know how many are actually being looked at. Mine definitely isn't. (laughs) (laughs) To showcase what you have. Use this checklist to get the most out of your URL. So a lot of advice here. Go for a simple, clear name. Um... Get a slick blog design by using different platforms. Create a catchy tagline for your brand. So they're telling you how to build a brand. Okay. Yes. Again, I, I'm conflicted because I feel like if you are passionate about something enough to think that you should start a brand or company, business, that you should kind of be able to know these things without reading her advice column um and then step three work the social media machine which is just for people who maybe don't know what order to take it in i don't know i i i i I feel like it's targeting again uh maybe the weak-minded people okay who aren't the most informed, they're taking advantage of their desire to uh, to be like these people they see. That's why they call them influencers. I'm now influenced by this person. Their lifestyle looks very attractive to me. They're apparently having success doing this thing. Yeah. And they want, they're envious of this and they want to pair it and mimic it, which often doesn't work. Um, and she, this article I feel like is encouraging that saying that this actually does work and you should do this yeah and, and try to mimic them and parrot them and he here's the simple steps it has nothing there there's nothing in here really talking about you being passionate and why 
you're driven to do this? Like, what is your motivations for this? And it, it doesn't go deep like most yeah. things and most people. So that's why I think this is a little disturbing and unsettling. Um, she's saying in step three, work the social media machine. Once you have your website set up on, uh, set up on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest accounts to engage your new fans. Use the same profile pic for each one. Link them to your website. Consult this handy cheat sheet. Uh, and then steal this strategy. Consider giving your brand visual signature that is totally unique. And then they're showing Lady Gaga, Rihanna, and Katy Perry all have different Like their own unique, things. yeah. So again, parrot mimic this. Yeah, where's like the originality in uh, it? Step like... four, get internet famous. Let's be real. In the beginning, your main audience will be your boyfriend, BFF, mom, dad, and a handful of randoms. To go big time. You have to make friends with people who are doing something similar to what you're doing and who already have a large following. So basically, if you go... stroke <laughs> their egos, they'll be more likely to help you. Some shameless. So basically, go ass tactics. kiss them. Yeah. Suck up to them. What? This is this is for your benefit. This is f the fake capitalism. Yeah, I don't. I don't. This capitalism is baked on is based <laughs> on this fakery. I don't want to go suck up to somebody just in to get a, a leg up in the fucking world. Like I have to go. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. Oh, oh, I love a like your for work. A, like. a follow for a follow. Like what? She says, comment on blogs that, that that attract a similar audience to the one you're aiming for, and include a link to your own blog. So she's again like, promote yourself constantly. I've been tempted to do some of this, but I, I've recognized that this is. This isn't Ego, like authentic. This is yeah. It's all just hollow. Like there's not like the motivation behind all this is not usually. And, and that's and it would be heart. silly. Like if you really just have to, to just people for money and attention. Right. Like if you really just have to go and be this like hollow, soulless like person on the internet yeah, just to get role, like a fake. just to get like a famous fam and, fan and base or to get some kind of. Yeah. recognition or whatever it just that mm. seems like a really really wrong like way and behavior she says once you've commented on a blog for a month or two send an email to the author tell her that you're a fan and you'd be thrilled to do a guest post and pitch a few ideas retweet the bloggers who have large twitter followings oh my god give them props for so the basically cool this thing is just how to said. play the system she's still like saying just like ego stroke so they'll be likely to retweet you and share your Twitter handle with their followers. <laughs> Ask to interview the already sort of famous bloggers for your own site. They'll usually link back to the... It's like, this is all like... It's like you're just... It, you're getting um, into this... Yeah, you're, you're getting into networking this networking and, and using each other for each other's benefits. Yeah, and someone else mentioned this. I don't know if it was on a podcast or a show where like a TV show, I want to say it was a podcast, and they were saying that this type of behavior is literally like your audience is, you're only networking and promoting yourself with like other people who are networking and like trying to promote themselves. And you're not really creating a, a fan base or anything that is attracting new whatever. Uh, it, you're literally your own, uh, you're only like, 
customers or other people trying to network type, yeah. type situation. Uh, did I finish that? Oh, they'll usually link back to the post on their blog to promote themselves, which will basically shine a ginormous spotlight on your website. <laughs> Step five, go into mogul mo- mode. Mogul mode. Mogul mode. The bigger you get, the easier it is to stray from a strategy you nailed down in step one as you score more opportunities like book deals and TV appearances. They make it sound like it's so easy. Kiss enough ass and you're going to get all of this. But no matter what, you have to stick to your mission and maintain that message across your empire. That means your website, your social media channels, and any other projects you have in the pipeline. After all, that strategy is what made you successful to begin with. No, it and sounds like what, what made you successful was going and kissing ass with already half successful people, shamelessly throwing your shit out there. And that's what will take you to superstardom. <laughs> yep, like Kim K and Bethany Frankel. Yo, Kim K got famous because first She's off, she worked with. Paris Hilton. Kim Kardashian. And second off, some other like person who was already famous. Again, nothing about your passions. Nothing about how can your product help others. No, you just you just need to know how to help yourself. And nothing how to- about empowering yourself or empowering people other than just get famous and get money. Like Kim Kardashian. Christ. Yeah, it all okay, seems like so it's done in such a wrong That was a lot. Um mm. And in my end note here at the top, I googled her, the author Mina Azadi, and found out that she has only 160 followers on Twitter, and she has zero listed net worth on Google, but she has a LinkedIn profile and some Cosmo articles. And her article is about you should be rich and famous. And she gives you the steps and the keys to being rich and famous. But she's not rich or famous. (laughs) Yeah, like she isn't. So she's writing about something that she's obviously not that passionate about. Because if she wanted to be rich and famous, then she would be shamelessly plugging herself and doing all of this stuff. So the fact that she's preaching it but isn't practicing it she yeah no kind evidence of... for what she's claiming she's just telling you to go down this hollow hollow road of um mimicry and and fakeness and fakeness and, and ass kissing manipulation and exploitation uh sad this is the the culture that i'm that made made me want to like do this podcast because like pointing out like stuff like this i feel like is essential otherwise like our society i think will continue to just devolve and and just this is disturbing to me yeah you okay over there i am okay (laughs) yes i was i was um jotting down furiously i was making i was not jotting furiously (laughs) not contributing i contributed so much um I don't think I have anything else to say on that, so I'll move on. And you don't have anything else to say? I don't. I said this everything I needed to. says, uh, well, it's a movie. I, I wish I knew the name of the movie, but I watched it on Netflix. It was an Asian film. I don't even know what the story was about. But the, the picture with the subtitles is this young kid who's got a bloody lip. Saying overconfidence alone, no, I think this is the guy talking to him, like his boss or something. Overconfidence alone won't put food on the table. 
either cook or line up at the soup kitchen. And then I wrote in my note, Trump proved this line wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly his overconfidence has put a lot of food on his table. Yeah, exactly. So. And I wouldn't say he's cooking. Because he doesn't seem really capable of doing anything other than talking at people. Talking a big game and. And not doing uh, he's definitely not in line at the soup kitchen. So. No. Uh, I just thought that was interesting because I came across those pictures. I don't know if I, what I had, it, uh, like what inspired me to take those pictures yeah. at the time. I guess I just like that line. Yeah, that's a pretty good line. I need line. to take a drink of water. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I feel like my voice is getting a little scratchy today too. I'm going to crack the door. Maybe it's like the heat like or something. <clears throat> All right. Another uh, picture of a show. This is uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Looks like an early season. Because they got their old uniforms TNG. on. TNG. This is Commander Riker. Oh, William Riker. He says, permission to speak candidly, sir. Picard replies, always. <laughs> Babale. <laughs> uh, and I have a note at the top that says, this is why I like Star Trek and why I have similar sensibilities. Yeah. Because I, I like that. I, I grew, grew up watching Star Trek thinking, oh, this when I get a really job. how it works. Uh, God, I think our, our neighbors f- are our out friends there are out there yelling their kid's name again. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah. It's like con. It's like con every day. Yeah, con. <laughs> Another Star Trek. Speaking of Star Trek reference. <laughs> uh, I I grew up watching Star Trek and thinking my uh, people at jobs will have this kind of sensibility. Yeah, like people in command this kind or of logic kind of control and consideration and definitely doesn't feel that way. And uh justice, equality, all these things. Oh nope, heck nope. no. No. Up, nope, nope. None of that. It's not like that at all. They say go go fight for that. You got to fight for that stuff. Don't that shit in my ass. That shit doesn't uh, work. I, I like that uh, there you can always speak speak candidly please like why do you have to ask permission like, yeah you should always be able to speak freely speak candidly always um, be able to just like express what it's yeah. on your mind i don't like that there would ever or be express your opinions suppression you know there's always thoughts that we should keep to ourselves but a lot of people don't know like how to Filter that. Filter which which ones they think they should say this or not say this. Maybe they should be saying what they think they should be keeping in. Other times they're saying too much. So it's hard for people to determine. Uh, it is sad, though, that it doesn't feel like we can speak freely. Like, I can't just, like, go to my job and, and tell my boss, like, what I really think about some of the things that, like, happen. Because there will be, like, repercussions. And Cushions. Whatever. You know I struggle with that one. Why do you always say whatever? I don't know. Maybe it's a deflecting don't mechanism. Don't invalidate me. Don't invalidate me. I'm not trying to help you. Oh, you're trying to tell me not to tell you to invalidate me? You're invalidating me by saying whatever. What? Because you're just flippantly, like, whatever. Whatever you say, like, it doesn't no, matter. Whatever I say, like, I'm just like, ugh. Because I don't say it right. And I always struggle with I've saying I've tried to correct wrong. you before how to say that word right. <laughs> I know. It doesn't click in my brain. Uh, next screenshot. 
I don't know if this is useful or not, but you can do different uh, assessments based on your height and weight and age and stuff. Uh, how much, how many calories you should eat daily or how much fat you should have in your, your diet or how many carbs, how much protein. So I had done one of those and it claims I need to be eating 2,600 calories a day. Hmm. Uh, 196 grams of fat, 40 grams carbs, 189 grams protein. That's a lot. I'm yeah, but how long ago did active. you take this? <laughs> uh, let's find out. <clears throat> probably a while ago. So your results are probably nowhere near the same. So April 27th, 2018. Two years ago. What's up? Right before we moved here? April 27th. Yeah, we moved here in May huh. of 2018, I believe. All right, next screenshot. Uh, this one is interesting. <laughs> okay. Alright, so it's a can of WD-40. Okay. Uh, I, I think I was supposed to zoom up for this. So, I have a lot of warnings on here. It contains crazy, crazy ingredients. Acetane 67641. Heptane 142.825. Dimethyl polysiloxane hydrocarbon propellant. They have. Oh, what is it? They have all, all these things about saying, uh, do like use this in a ventilated area. Uh, first aid, first, uh, don't get it on your skin. Don't, you know, <laughs> we're used to seeing all this shit, right? Yeah, it's like on everything. Um, I don't remember what I was using it for in this picture, but I think I ended up using coconut oil. <laughs> instead of WD-40. I think it was maybe just like for a hinge or something. Like for a squeaky hinge for a door. Yeah. So why are we, like, again, this ties into what I was saying earlier. Why do are we allowing toxic chemicals to be used when there's natural Yeah, more natural things that can be used. That work basically as well. Because then no one will make money. And I've used the Vaseline oil for a few things. I don't think that's like a natural. I don't like, know. That's I like don't derived think from natural. oil still. It's but like, like you've, silicone. You've used coconut like oil and stuff on a lot of different things. And I feel like we've used a lot of different like oils in place of using these weird chemicals. Yeah, these man-made freaky chemicals. And like you might just have to put in a little extra like elbow grease depending on what you're using it for but it still gets the job done <laughs> uh i had a note at the top this is dna blog DNA so i must blog. have been saving this with the uh an idea of starting a website right? mm -hmm. before i made the website and i was mulling it over and i was thinking of like what we could put on the website dna that's kind of our like nickname yeah. as an entity, <laughs> David and, <laughs> and Ashley, Ashley yeah. DNA. Uh, what do you think of that? For a blog? Interesting. Uh, I mean, no, I just like as a like a thing that was from the past. Yeah, Jesus it is Christ, interesting. Stop just staring at me. No, it is interesting. We use DNA for like you a lot. Be of done? No. You want to nap? No, I don't want to. Why? Are you, what? No. Stop projecting. I'm. I was gonna ask you. We've used it for like. Like. Our yeah, we've used it for like a lot of different things. I still like. I think we were considering using that as like some as kind of logo name. or something, because we were like trying to think of different ways to like draw it or. 
business cards and stuff. So it's pretty cool. This is a picture of uh, some it says all natural craft cannabis. High Garden is the brand. It's some packaging when we first moved here. Oh shit! It was some uh, strawberry shortcake sativa. Wow! And I don't remember that thing at all. <laughs> I wrote a note at the top: uh, the stark contrast of a taboo, widely. A taboo, widely illegal thing that has been handsomely packaged and marketed for legal sale. Yeah, it has really cool uh, packaging. I like the front, the colors. It's yeah. Like a, uh, oh, now that I look at it, I actually do remember this. And like a gold mountain and some. Uh, and like blue. Remember those um, gold one, highlights? Farm ones we would get, and it was like a really pretty box. It had a lot of like rose gold designs on oh, it yeah. and like the contrast of the colors. So it's like, it is weird that they, they have so much like grown in like California. They packaging. have the outline of the state. They have some like, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And it's, it's weird that it's regarded as this only dirty hippies and, uh, yeah. low lives, poor criminal, gross, people, criminal use people use it. But here it is like, being marketed Ouch. for legal sale and it has like really nice packaging i don't know it just like was a cool contrast i don't know i I'm do like those cool myself. contrast colors though all right here is a screenshot of a review from roger ebert on the film picnic at hanging rock i feel like i remember you mentioning this movie quite a few times i think you were around when i was watching it it was a weird movie it had some uh, kind of supernatural alien uh, like tone to it. Like you weren't sure w what was happening at this place. Hanging Rock is this uh, like location in Australia, and it, this film is set in like the Victorian age or something, and all these. Like girls from this girls' school go out on a picnic, and like this rock. I want to say like a few of them disappear, and they're they can't find them, and it's like were they abducted or because they just kind of like vanish. Yeah, they vanish, and there's all this other weird stuff kind of going on. It's kind of a slow film, but it was really original. It's by a uh, directed by. Um, who the fuck was it directed by? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Peter Weir, Peter who uh, Weir. directed The Perfect Storm uh, and some other films. Uh, my note, though, is this is a synchronicity. Oh. And in this review, Roger Eber references La Ventra, which is a... I think an Italian uh, foreign film. And the synchronicity is I had rented both Picnic at Hanging Rock and La Ventura at the same time or within a week or so of each is what I have written on my note. Oh, isn't that always weird when that happens? That's I, so I had gotten the Criterion creepy, uh, edition not of creepy, that. eerie, I guess. And then gotten Picnic at Hanging Rock. But that's a... He, Roger Ebert gave it three and a half... Out of four stars. Uh, it looks like it might be a 1980 What would film. you give it? Uh, maybe three out of four. Okay. 
Why? Just because it was slow, but I liked how original it was. Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah, it stuck in my mind, even though it wasn't like. When I hear you like describe the <laughs> I'm, movie, I'm not good at describing. When I hear you describe the movie, it makes me think of, and I wish I could remember it, but it was um, one of the movies they played during one of the mystery science uh, discs or whatever we used to watch in the. Some, maybe something to do with like spiders or something they were on like this weird island and uh-huh. the girls kept disappearing and they weren't sure what was happening yeah. do you remember that yeah kind of yeah yeah it reminds me of that like movie spider island. but i know it's not the same <laughs> but it i definitely think of that movie when you describe this movie here's a picture of marnie you remember if that? you haven't seen what mr science theater check it out on netflix check it out uh we always fast forwarded the the skits the, the skits yeah yeah and just watch the commentary on the old movies yeah like that they would be watching in in the show (laughs) it's a weird show it's a weird show we didn't like the puppets and all the skits in between right but they still make pretty good jokes and i think we sometimes watch movies in a similar sense because we like to crack jokes about it so it makes it more like relatable but i do remember marnie the idea of the of mystery science theater though is that they're being they're like in prison yeah they're They're in prison tortured and they have to watch the like worst movies (laughs) of all time and then they like make jokes and commentaries on it yeah Yeah. uh marnie starring tippy hedron hedron Uh, she started she was the lead in the birds the birds which was another hitchcock film and uh, uh we went through a little bit of a hitchcock period stars uh, sean connery sean connery uh, i do remember that movie directed though, by like. hitchcock i don't i don't know what year it came out uh because i wanted to see all the good ones supposedly like all his oh, the, the really majority, like well-rated ones yeah like the majority of his uh, filmography i hadn't seen so i wanted to go through those i liked it though uh she I don't remember the the plot line of it. I remember she's like kind of supposed to be like unstable, and yeah. Uh, yeah, there was like some weird shit in that movie. It was a good good uh, classic movie though. Definitely recommend that. I do like a during, lot. Uh, I feel like I do like a lot of Hitchcock films. You're spending a lot of time at home during this coronavirus. During, yeah, give you some good uh, movies Picnic to at check Hanging out. Rock. I liked a lot too. I recommend that one. Um, what's this one? This is from Russell Brand. <laughs> Russell. Oh, a commenter on Russell Brand's uh, YouTube page. Uh, Ricky Lee Anderson wrote, um, the soft core porn <laughs> thing, <laughs> thing worries me less than this James Bond polarization of the male role as a provider for all things good for women. Suddenly being a self-sufficient male with respect and love in your heart is not enough. Now you have to be a millionaire, suit wearing, plane flying, angularly sculpted, money and sex machine, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and nothing really? less to get a conversation from a woman. The same institution that objectifies women objectifies men, because there are no people or genders in capitalism, just consumers. Yes. I do I he I made some good points there. I do agree though with his um talking about like you can't get conversations from like women without like all of these unrealistic like things attached to you and like books oh my god books portray 
the lead male characters always like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Well, this other book I just one. finished reading called More Than Words, he's like a music composer and he was like rags to riches and he could take her out on fancy dates and lavish hotels and all this other shit. And it's just like, that is so unrealistic. We can, we can have (laughs) movies and TV and books and life. Like, why are we always like objectifying men and thinking they all need to wear suits. They all need to like drink martinis or what the fuck ever and drive nice cars. Like that is materialistic ego bullshit. Like, can't you just accept them for like who they are? Like, why? Why no, do? Why no, no, no. do? Why do we Part have to have these weird like? The materialism that they are attached to. No woman, no real woman in real life is just gonna go and find a well dressed, sculpted millionaire it to seems, sweep her off her feet. They seem to have two. <laughs> what are they called? Doesn't exist. Um, archetypes, stereotypes. Um, so there's that one where he's very rich attractive and all that and there's the one the other one is that is untrue is how the woman always is pursuing and initiating you see this in countless tv and movies they they have a woman pursuing the guy and initiating and like going up to him in the bar or having a conversation a lot of times it's even like kind of a, a dorky guy or an unattractive guy that seems out of his league, but yet they pitch it as it's totally normal that attractive women go up to guys all the time time. and make the first move (laughs) or show interest and uh, are like trying to charm him and and trying to make a relationship with him. Yeah, but in reality, it never has happened to me No, or anyone I've known. It's pretty much like the guy's job to like chase the girl that's how it kind of seems like in in the world is like it's there's no kind of about it it's literally like what is <laughs> preached for the most yeah everyone yeah it's always it's you as the but guy in, you in need to, to do this it's like these like unrealistic james bond type guys or it's like the unrealistic woman pursuing the man yeah Oh, All it's right. so silly. Next screenshot is another False film review. People. Screenshot from my old Facebook. R.I.P. <clears throat> this okay, is okay. Nothing's <laughs> happening on Facebook. It ain't worth having it. Uh, this is for the film Faults. F A U L T, just like the word fault. Faults. Faults. Uh, it's a 2014 film. Uh, doesn't really star anyone you would you might recognize the guy um, mary elizabeth winstead stars in it some might recognize her uh it's imdb begins to say a man who debunks mind control techniques as a profess profession must dot 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 uh, but my review says netflix recommendation this apparently was on netflix at one point um if it's not you could pr- probably find it at a library maybe uh, yeah, another streaming service that you have. Um, an unpredictable tone s- somewhere between a Wes Anderson and Coen Brothers film. Mm. It explores the headspace between reality and faith. Compact at 90 minutes, it gets in and gets out, leaving you with lingering thoughts, imagery, and emotions. Exactly what a film is supposed to do. Rating 5 out of 5. So, 
That's not a bad review. I usually struggle with kind of articulating. Yeah, that was a pretty well-written review. But I always struggle with off Sometimes the top when I read like movie reviews or <laughs> album reviews, do they enrage you? It's like I get like halfway through and I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" It's like they're talking about like a, a <laughs> like, uh, like a physics um, yeah it's like they, they can't just like get college? to the fucking point thesis is thesis is even a word thesis yeah. um i hope i don't throw up it again. makes me feel so silly but it's like they they take like a simple review and they make it so complicated and after that i'm like i don't i still don't even know if i should like watch this fucking movie that movie was good that's another one i really i agree with the five out of five Five out of five recommend. Uh, I don't feel like a lot of movies get that from you. We watched this one again, didn't we? Or did I just watch it by myself? Blue Room? We talked about Blue it. Blue Room. Oh, I feel on, like we talk about that movie so much. Here it is again, guys. <laughs> it always seems to come up in our conversations. Another old Facebook review of mine. The last one I wrote June 29th, 2017. This one I wrote May 17th, 2017. Uh, the Blue Room 2014. came out in 2014. Directed by Matthew... Amalric, uh, probably am pronouncing that wrong. Also starring Matthew Amalric, um, and you'd recognize him probably. He played the villain in uh, Quantum of Solace, the second which film is a James Bond with film. Daniel Craig playing James Bond. He played the uh, main villain. Uh, my review for this is: Yes, it's foreign, and yes, there's some casual European nudity. Nudity. <laughs> Both of which freak some people out. But the story has a great build-up and unique structure complemented by magnetic actors, which, which sets it apart from the overabundance of other murder mysteries out there. Score, four out of five. Ooh, nice. I, I do remember I did like that movie a lot. And, I, and again, I feel like we do tend to bring up that movie a lot. What is that um, most recent one we had watched? You watched it first, and I feel like we talked Elevator about it on... Elevator to the Gallows. <laughs> ah, Julian. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was a really good one, too. Um, one most what's his face was in it? He's Russian, I think. And Roman Plansky? Yes. The Tenant? The Tenant! That was that movie <laughs> still fucks with me. I don't even remember the name of it, and I know that that movie still is like. Also, yeah, that was a damn good movie. Five is it even five. a foreign film if there's not nudity? Because I feel like mm. most foreign mm. films yeah, do include butt, nudity, so I feel like <laughs> they go foreign, hand in hand yeah, every, in my mind. Yeah, at least European foreign films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watch a lot of films, you guys. A lot, a lot of movies. Current. I do. You just, you just piggyback or. Okay, I piggyback on some of them, but you have bandwagon. There's or... a lot of them mm. that I wouldn't have probably watched on my own if you wouldn't have recommended them to me, such mm. as The Tenant, Elevator mm. to the Gallows. Like a lot of these movies, I only know of because you have exposed me to them. So I thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Because they they fuck with me, <laughs> and <laughs> I think that I think it's good to to watch movies and stuff that that really kind of get your brain cogs working and <laughs> brain cogs. Yeah, I am a robot. Here is uh, another one. This one I wrote. 
Facebook, uh, August 3rd, 2017, Netflix recommendation. Match, match stick men, one word, match stick spacemen. Uh, 2003 film by Ridley Scott, starring Nicolas Cage, Sam Rockwell, and Alison Lohman. I watched this uh, one with you. You probably recognize Alison Lohman. Um, I can't think of what else she would have been in, though. Is this the one where he was taking the pills? He had to take the pills because he was, like, unstable? He, he's a phobic con artist. Yeah! And his okay, protege, I knew it. A phobic con artist and his protege are on the verge of pulling off a dot, dot, dot. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage and uh, Sam Rockwell are partners in crime, and then I think he figures out he's got like a daughter who's a teenager. Yeah, and he didn't know about. Um, sounds kind of cliche, but the way they do it is it was uh, a really good movie. Has a really good pace, some funny parts. I'm not a huge Nick Cage fan, but. Oh. He, except for the Lieutenant or whatever well, that movie was, that was good know, too. Except but. for his straight to DVD. Um, stuff <coughs> and he's got a lot of really good roles i really liked him in um <laughs> i just forgot the name Con of Air? It. is that the, no. the airplane one <laughs> yeah yeah that one no, i feel like one, i've seen that twins. one so many times um twins yeah he plays twins uh god damn it it's on the tip of my tongue it's not face off <laughs> is it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is that a real movie is that a real movie with him or yeah something? well i have internet why don't i just Google yeah it? come on jeez right. uh but anyway like i was saying nick i'm not a huge cage nick cage fan but i twins i did really like that movie i thought he played that adaptation. role really well adaptation a 2002 film i recommend that one too probably that's probably a four out of five or five out of five adaptation yeah so get busy people watch what about all these this one this report. wicker spaceman matchstick man <laughs> Matt, what? <laughs> he was in wicker man i think the, the remake oh okay so in matchstick men nicholas cage plays a con man with a twist he has tourette's and osd <laughs> or ocd osd OSD. where did that come I from i don't know and ocd compulsive disorder it's a breezy lighthearted movie that cage should have won an oscar for breezy lighthearted i thought some of his scenes were <laughs> intense because of the character he had to play it's a breezy lighthearted movie that <laughs> oh cage should have won an oscar for and it reminded me of how fun it is to watch good actors behave badly All i right. do agree he should have won some kind of award. should have won a couple i feel like i that i feel like that had to have been a really hard role to get oh, into oh fuck yeah even I mean, oh it's just nick cage you can do the shit in his sleep it doesn't i what? don't care no. it still takes a lot out of Stop. you to like and put on ever, this kind of performance if you've ever watched him in interviews or listened to him, he's super fucking like he goes deep he's like really he's like intelligent super smart. he seems like a like oh he's just a weirdo and isn't all there and always like whatever <laughs> off in la la land but he's like super fucking intelligent. Uh, next. So y'all sleeping on Nick Cage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next screenshot, written August third, twenty seventeen. Here's another movie recommendation. I think we have another one after that. I like movie recommendations. Uh, Netflix recommendation. My Scientology movie, a twenty fifteen film directed uh, or is no that one, one else by Louis? Yeah, with Louis uh, Thoreau. I feel like we talked about this, this on a, a different, another movie. podcast. One of my yeah, this is favorites. a good I need movie. To add this to my uh, my website if I haven't already. It's like already. a real like eye-opening movie for sure. Louis Thoreau documents his investigation into what goes on behind the dot 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 scenes of 
uh, Scientology. Um, I write in my review, My Scientology movie is one of the most bizarrely fascinating and awkward documentaries I've ever seen. It's not, interest, it's not interested in reading off a laundry list of scary facts about Scientology. Instead, it focuses on the weird situations going on behind the scenes, like showing members of Scientology trying to intimidate those making the film and showing the process of casting actors to play people like Tom Cruise in reenactments. My only complaint, I wish it was longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking crazy. That movie was... And that kid who played uh, David Cavendish, like the Scientologist. Oh, the, hire, the actor they hired to play him? Yeah, he should have won oh, a fucking Oscar. Oh, my God. Just for this... Like, I bet if you watched side... Himself. Didn't they? I'm pretty, didn't they play, like, a few side-by-sides? And he had, yeah. like, the emotions and, yeah. like, everything, like, spot on. It was creepy. <laughs> it was highly so creepy. But buy that movie. Just order... I also highly recommend just really learning about Scientology in general. Because that's, like... I feel like Scientology is a fucking scary that shit is scary yeah that was bizarre and and watch and we've watched a lot of documentaries i feel like around scientology and then you have all of these like people actresses actors whatever coming out and talking about the shit that goes on Mm -hmm. i i think a lot of lee remini so many people are just blindly turning an eye to this and it's it's scary uh a good uh what do they call that like uh not a bookend, but a pairing, maybe? A good pairing. A good pairing with my, like, uh, uh, like this be, movie? With my Scientology movie would be the Joe Rogan episode where he talks to Leah Remini about her experience of Scientology. That kind of gives you the breakdown of of her show that she does about... Her experience, her experience. Of, of all of it. It's kind of like a summary in, like, two or three hours Instead of watching, you know, her entire series, but watch that too. That's probably interesting. I mean, it's a, um, a straight up modern day cult that's it, being like a hundred percent, like yeah. almost accepted by a lot of people. It's yeah, uh, and I would definitely recommend uh, this Louis Thoreau, uh, his movie over the Going Clear documentary that HBO did. That yeah. one, that one was trash compared to this. I think I didn't finish it. I think I was just like i would rather listen to the interview with leah remini again or watch re-watch my right. scientology movie if if you haven't even like done anything regarding like looking into scientology i would probably say that this is the, that would be this movie would be the first place i suggest someone like kind of look are you trying to convert people to scientology no is that what you just did no You're saying, i'm saying if they don't learn know- about scientology and go to the scientology websites and enroll no. in scientology what? those words and mention your name <laughs> for a coupon code and they save 10 percent. you think scientology allows coupon codes <laughs> Don't intermix this show with no. <laughs> I just want people to be aware SP, because they show person. like all of these like people yeah. like bullying and SPSP and SP. all the weird creepy <laughs> stuff they do. Like they bought a house across from them to keep an eye on them. Like they take these weird <laughs> like steps and and I don't think people really like understand like how like bizarre it gets yeah and i think that this is like a good portal into seeing like this is obviously like something i would recommend any of louis thoreau's uh, documentaries 
He's hosted quite a few. They ha used to have a bunch, like two or three of his shows on Netflix, but I don't know if they do any longer. I don't know if they do anymore. His neighbor dog barking. Uh, you spell his name L O U I S T H E R O U X. He is the cousin of Justin. Justin Thoreau, who was used to be married to Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston and who was who a screenwriter who wrote Iron Man Two and uh, some other big projects. You store so much interesting knowledge <laughs> in in your noggin. You can just like just source a ton of different things, and, and I'm over here like <laughs> trying to connect dots. <laughs> yeah, listen, to how much I fuck up. Though. Don't, don't discount yourself. They're not fuck ups. They're just they're just little happy mistakes. I think this is the last of the movie recommendations this round. Did you get my Bob Ross um, thing I just did there? No, what'd you do? I Bob told Ross? you they're not fuck ups. They're just little happy, happy mistakes. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure he says that in his yeah. show when he's like painting. Happy mistakes. Happy little clouds. Just over right. for you. Uh, this is a recommendation for Bronson. Bronson is a 2008 film. With Tom Hardy, Starring right? Tom Hardy. Woo! That's an intense movie. I think uh, I started watching it, but I honestly don't think I finished he it. He is personally. sentenced to seven years in prison for, uh, I don't remember, murder or something. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Something happens, but then he keeps going back and becomes like this one of Britain's most notorious criminals. And I believe he is still in prison, has spent life in prison since he was, like, a teenager. Hmm. Uh, he should have... Uh, I'll just read my review. Uh, Bronson, 2008. Brutal and raw. You can't <laughs> believe this is based on a true story. Tom Hardy should have won two Oscars for this role. One for each hand... <laughs> for each hand that he uses to pummel almost everyone he comes in contact with as an eccentric, psychopathic, high-risk inmate. And uh, I would add to that, he, he becomes like an artist or something. Can I just and say... And does like these weird paintings <laughs> while in prison. Can I just say, if you wrote movie recommendations, I would probably understand them a thousand percent more and probably watch more movies than I probably would if, if I... Well, that's why we're trying to do the show. Yeah. Is to hopefully get some people... Um, that's what you should do. Maybe as like a side job. Write movie recommendations. Become a critique. Isn't this what the show is? I'm doing it right now? Yeah. But do mm. it more. Oh, God. On a bigger scale. We'll see. I'll, I'll make that happen. You watch a lot I'll of really movies. I'm just saying. <laughs> you watch a lot of movies and you can, when it comes to, to movie reviews, I feel like you can articulate yourself very well. Yeah, if I'm writing it. And so just... it's like a form. I feel like it would just be like a form of a good creative outlet if you feel you don't have enough. Hmm, possibly. <laughs> Next one is a screenshot, a uh, Google search called, or it looks like I'm looking up moderation approach focus addiction treatment. So it's called the moderation approach or uh, moderation focus uh, but it's for addiction treatment. So instead of being sober, this is an alternative for some people. And it yeah. doesn't work for all, like, drugs or addictions. 
Right. Is my understanding. But it was an interesting topic that uh, a guy had mentioned on another podcast. And uh, I n- never had heard of that before. Moderation approach. Moderation For addiction approach. treatment. So if, uh, I, I think it just kind of plays into like pe- a lot of people with addiction, again, haven't learned how to moderate and to... Uh, balance, balance those it, things yeah. that they they like or that they don't like. Interesting that you were into articles about addiction all the way back then. Yeah, let's see when I took this. Could you have potentially been foreshadowing? This was only a year ago. Oh, just kidding, <laughs> man! I thought it was older than that because I thought we were still in like the 2017s or some shit. Apparently, we've caught up. At least this one. Okay, well that's one? cool. I'm glad we're making some. Well, okay. making some progress. Woo! Little celebration. So, uh, if you're interested in learning about addiction, then that's an interesting topic. All right, here's a screenshot. I think I. I think I wrote this. I think I added this. This is back when I had a Wikipedia account, <laughs> and I was trying to do my hero. Your greatest good you could do. My savior job. Uh, at putting information on Wikipedia. you gave yourself that hero label yeah. and thought you needed to be out there to spread yeah. the information that way. And I was doing it for free. So let the people who want to do it for free do it. Let the people, the moderators, continue to dedicate their fucking lives to controlling what people are putting on Wikipedia. But I have deleted that account and no longer participate in that just because... I have an issue with how they moderate that stuff and how right. they filter uh, people's Well, you had specific sources. You yeah. listed your sources and everything, and they still, like, took your information down and claimed that it was, like, not all correct or against some kind of, like, guideline or whatever. They were like, but... I wasn't doing it, but then I was, I was like, I have my references, like, Yeah, attached. you had all They're your references and, and everything. And you're claiming that I'm... Like, not listing my sources. And right. It made no sense to me. And they, they just can take it off. It's like I felt like they lied to me and just, like, didn't want that information up there. Even though it was sourced and linked and everything, whatever. So, I have an issue with Wikipedia. But this is back. I added this. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't rechecked. Yeah. But uh, it's some criticism of... What would this be under? Personal... Oh, for... Uh, William Randolph Hearst. Do you remember when I told yeah, you about this? Yeah, I do. I might have even sent a screenshot to Andre about it. Uh, I wrote Andri. in criticism, I think I might have added the criticism section. William Randolph Hearst is the guy's name. If you want to look up his the if the article's still there on Hearst Wikipedia. Empire. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan, I wrote Joe Rogan and various other media outlets have attempted to bring attention to Hearst's involvement in the prohibition of cannabis in America. Hearst collaborated with Harry J. Anslinger to ban hemp due to the threat that the burgeoning burgeoning hemp industry posed to his major investment and market share in the paper milling industry. This partnership to market propaganda against cannabis also created an immeasurable, long-lasting negative impact on global socioeconomics. And then I listed 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sources and linked each one each one to Wikipedia or to the to this article. Uh, I don't know if it's still up, but <laughs> seven fucking sources. Yeah, uh, it seems with, with kind of all the same information. Uh, so I, I felt compelled because I went to that his because of Joe Rogan. I went to like read about William Randolph Hearst, and there was like nothing on the Wikipedia page that referenced uh, his involvement with the propaganda in efforts of trying to get it banned because of its uh, its influence that it would have over uh, taking away his market share and power right because it would compete with uh paper yeah hemp and paper and he uh, didn't want that do similar or wood and i mean hemp is more versatile and can do a hell of a lot more but it can also do what paper products do so he didn't want that he didn't want competition so he banned with a politician jerry or harry j anslinger to get it banned and that's what they continue to do. The the wealthy guys pay and they lobby. Mm-hmm. They lobby and pay politicians so with donations to get laws passed to get their way to maintain yeah. the insider status to I insulate themselves and be surprised grow their wealth. If there's some like algorithm type system that and bear with me because this is going to get a little like conspiracy ish <laughs> um, that maybe the Hearst family has put together and um they have a control over um what is out there and can mm. easily get it taken down because they have that money they They're have that power they the have those Wikipedia sources moderators. right and and they have all that how, power how the that we know? They're all they can continuously anonymous. hide any negative yeah, like thing related to it because if it continues to grow or whatever and people don't want to associate with them well god how are they going to continue to make money <laughs> i told you i went a little conspiracy there <laughs> all right this is going to be a weird interesting one <coughs> sorry about that <laughs> stop choking yourself no one wants to hear I you auto asphyxiating i have a stocking auto asphyxiating <laughs> yourself Please stop. Didn't we see that in uh, that weird Korean film? Um, oh, no, it was Japanese. Watch it a was, lot of uh, Vengeance is Mine. Oh, yeah, the one a you film rented that on, Wes um, Anderson recommended on Amazon. F- for his, like, coronavirus playlist. But I didn't, I didn't like that movie. I regret giving them my money. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there's a scene would've. where he has, like, a... A leg stocking around his neck tied. He's like, just keeps his arms it. are like outstretched as he's like trying to tie it around, like choke himself <laughs> for like no reason. He's just a psychopath. Hey, people are into that, okay? <laughs> All right, here's the weird screenshot. It is uh, uh, Cassie Final Contact. That's my older sister. Oh, so this is when, when you were kind of officially maybe cutting it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh Harris book Disavow. <laughs> is what my note says. Uh, when was this taken? I don't know. July 29th, 2019. All right, the screenshot is fresh. from joshharris.com. Josh Harris is an author. Uh, he says... Oh, I totally remember this. Uh, I don't have the article in front of me. That would have maybe been more interesting, but... 
the screenshot says a statement on uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which is the name of his book. I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which I think came out when I was a teenager. And um, it's a Christian book that uh, <laughs> I, I recommend everyone go and read his statement. I mean, should, I, um, should I Google it? You want to know? I'm pretty sure we did touch on this on the episode that we did about your sister's sermon. And I think you might have mentioned that you sent her his his statement because he had released a statement right. basically saying what he wrote in the book he no longer like believes in, right? Yeah, so you could go to joshharris.com backslash, or I guess that's a forward slash statement, Uh he says, for many years, uh, people have asked whether I still agree with my book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. In addition to this question, some readers have told me the book harmed them. Uh, I'll stop there and say I, I'm one of those people. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, that my sister Cassie read this book. And then I think I was told to read it by my mom. Hmm. <laughs> uh, when I was a little older, um, because they are anti, I mean, they're Christians, fundamentalist Christians, um, evangelistic Christians, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh, so they're anti-dating and pro-courting. And Which is, <laughs> don't get me started. Uh, what, like, what, but it's what all like, like it's all like God-based uh dating pretty much so i'm gonna come court he makes a statement about he pretty much says no i don't advocate i regret writing the book i'm apologize to anyone who was hurt by it i don't believe in that stuff anymore um yeah so i think it's cool that he at least has like released a statement saying like hey like i'm sorry if if this has harmed someone and and basically kind of admitting like i've grown up i've matured i've realized that what i've said and what i've written is actually not like good information he says he has reshaped his thinking he says to those who read my book and were misdirected or unhelpfully influenced by it i am sincerely sorry i never intended to hurt you i know this apology doesn't change anything for you and it's coming too late um but i want you to hear that i regret any way that my ideas restricted you hurt you or gave you a less than biblical view of yourself your sexuality your relationships and god well, yeah, it seems like um, it seems like a lot of those really fundamentalists, yeah. like Christians and stuff, seem to sh to put so much shame around sex and like natural like things with your body. You have natural urges, but they make it seem like it's so sinful to even yeah. like have these urges. But it's so natural. So how is it... They think that worldly things are of the devil. That anything, because the devil is of the world, he's like the king or the prince of uh, the world, kind of. And the world is like his uh, like realm, kind of. And so the worldly things, the Bible says, oh, you are not of the world, you are only in it or something. Uh, 
so pretty much saying like don't give in to like temp like any sort of temptation or they identify all these things as sins sounds to me more so any let of me that control is like you pretty much robot. giving in to sin and you're sinning and you're bringing shame to yourself and god and everyone you know and on and on and on and on and on and on so anyway mm. <laughs> so I, I don't fuck with religion. i sent that link to my sister my older sister uh, to kind of get her thoughts, and I also, I think it was a copy of maybe the letter that I had sent. Uh, uh, to your parents. My parents kind of saying, "All right, well, this is officially like we're we're doing a no contact uh, thing, like we're not gonna be in contact with each other anymore." Right. Because you guys continue to send me. Uh, propaganda, propaganda and you continue <laughs> to go against my wishes yeah and there's no there's no open communication yeah, there's no there's common no ground respect of me as an individual um yeah and on can, and on and the complete so invalidation i included a copy of that so that my sister kind of knew the status of what was going on and why because i felt like she deserved to kind of know know both sides yeah um and I, I added this note to her asking her if she had seen this, and she didn't address it. And that was surprising to me a little bit because I know she knows who this guy is, and I know she knows the book. And it's weird that... It's, a, it's not really weird. It's annoying that she would choose to intentionally ignore addressing it. Right, like because she, then it accepts. She didn't need to address everything, but just to be like, yeah, I, yep, I read that book, or no, I hadn't seen that, or I, I do still agree, or yeah, just that's some interesting. Kind of... Anything to address it, but none of that. Her reply was, "Hi, David. Thank you for contacting me!" Exclamation <laughs> mark. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with me. And I absolutely respect your journey and your brown and your boundaries. No, I'm here for you if you ever need me. Much love, Cassie. Hmm. Uh, Maybe and, it was just me, a blanket acknowledgement. Maybe that's how she was doing it. Instead of just specifically acknowledging that one thing, she was just blanket acknowledging. Like, well, thanks for contacting me, and I, I understand, and yeah, I see. Yeah, it's just. But tough it for is me. still kind of like yeah. For weird. me to. To put that much uh, detail into my uh, email, into my writing, into sharing of my thoughts, and she should or be of touched. myself putting myself on the line and and trying not to attack them and trying to like continue to like s say, "Hey guys, see, see, like this is kind of." I bet you she what probably did take it as an attack though like you yeah, pointing it's out a challenge of yeah you're you're challenging her and what they totally and uh, accept from what without we question. see all the time is in your personal experiences when you challenge these people of religion they get super fucking offended yeah, and because it's theirs it's their beliefs yeah and, and they, how dare you challenge their imagination right yeah, I I think that she should be touched that you actually remembered 
something about her. You remember that you you made that connection that, oh, yeah, I remember she read this book. I just am curious if she saw this. Even if you didn't do it in a malicious intent, which you didn't, it's still odd that it seems like she chose to take it as like um, like an attack. And, um, well, I respect and understand your boundaries and then just kind of like withdrew herself. (laughs) So it's like, again... I'm I'm it's showing you this much love and, and thanks for contacting me and, and I appreciate it and sharing with me and I respect well, she's she saying all these things she doesn't want to it's to, fake to me yeah she doesn't want just, to create not, that common ground either yeah. she it's it's she really so weird there that they me. there is no there's no bending yeah but don't like stop this like role of like you're playing available and oh, you're, much you're love. supportive and but you're not like what do you mean you love me like you love me like we haven't had a conversation for a decade yeah what do you, you know, mean much love like all of our communication has been like emails uh and and about the most like again just uh like it's more simple. of like her just kind of updating you it's more yeah. of a and it's not like personalized every email that she's kind of sent you and every letter she has sent and you has been super fakery, general it's like it had general. gone out to a bunch of people yeah and it's all just like fake love and it's again it's a role like she's playing like there's no real engagement or sharing of a relationship or communication like here here, there's no communication on anything she just was like well i i see i hear you like (laughs) your point of view but i'm not going to engage yeah. Gauge it whatsoever. I, I, I saw this thing this morning and this matches up perfectly. It's just like a little screenshot I took. Um, and it says, if I block you on social media or block your phone number, it doesn't mean that I'm being childish, petty, or that you won. <laughs> it means you're so toxic to my life that mm. I don't want you to be able to contact me. I want to heal from everything you put me through and move Damn. on in peace. And that mm. like really stuck to me. And, and, and hearing you kind of talking about this more, I feel like it, it fits really well to your situation too, because I, I, f- I feel like you still kind of hold some guilt and some like sadness around it, which is like understandable because it's, it's supposed to be family and there's that need and that drive for that love. Um, but it's so toxic and this, every time you see something related to them, it's always kind of in a toxic way and that's not healthy for you and you can't fix them and you can't fix this. And I, and I'm glad that you've, you've continued to, to kind of realize and, and you made that choice to cut that toxicity out of your life as hard as it is and, and still is. It's, it's, it's a really, I think, powerful move on your end that like, I still find very, very like admirable because it's hard to cut family out. Yeah, I just find myself thinking that I could have uh, maybe kept the door open. But you still, kept, I know. But, you and, had kept the I guess door open I just, for so long. Like the idea of like I need to continue to play this role of trying to find a common ground but again i was always being the one who felt like i had to 
completely sacrifice like again like check your humanity and check your real personality and check um any, who you are at the door because you, you need to fit this so that i could fit my mom and dad or my sister's uh expectations which because i because i can only be a good christian which is i think a role that they want you to play and you don't have to play that role yeah i got tired of playing that fucking role for them and and i think and no effort from them of like trying to even like i don't have to like i don't there's a middle ground between good christian and fucking anarchist or or whatever you want to like label as the polar opposite i'm definitely not on on that side of the spectrum either so it's crazy that they weren't even willing to meet me in a more uh like mild you know like that's not on the anarchist side not on the good christian side again meeting in the middle like a common ground you can't set these things aside but all that was for them was just let's talk about the the niceties and only like fake hollow conversations yeah it's not like real the small talk right let's Um, just have small talk all the time and only small talk like that's a shit relationship yeah to me i don't especially someone who you you grew up with and that is supposed to be your mother and father and sisters right so it just shows you like an inability like how we all stemming from my parents have an inability to communicate effectively and you know whatever that entails i think well i know and there's like a a disconnect of respect right based in that yeah kind of lack well they have they've already completely invalidated you and they've already (laughs) written you off to be this person and whatever but i think like you more than did your part you constantly kept that door open they probably feel that they kept the door open too but they never tried they never put in an effort to ever meet you in the middle it was always you who had to bend and break to be who they wanted you to be because they wanted to see you but they always they never they never ever (laughs) ever like tried to make any effort to like i said meet you in the middle and that's not a healthy relationship that is a controlling disgusting dishonest relationship and you never felt good and you tried and tried and tried and i feel like you had put in so much effort and i continuously saw them not do that and for someone to to claim that they love god and jesus and they want to do what's best for him i find it so disgusting that they can't even treat their own blood decent and meet them in the middle and and love and respect them for who they are without trying to mold them into this my son needs to be this way and if he's not (laughs) this way he's He's not not my son son. and that is fucked up and 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 i I feel like I feel like it's just I don't know I I wish that you didn't feel so guilty because I've seen everything that you've put into it and I and I know like you kind of need to accept that like I did everything I could possibly do 
and they continued to to be blind and i can't allow that in my life yeah. that is toxic to me it's almost like our sober non-sober mindsets of like well when we're sober we feel the pain more <clears throat> but when we're high we're like well we don't need this like i should be good without this this weed or whatever yeah and alcohol. you don't need and your family to validate it became you. like yeah it became that way with the like them it's like you don't need them to be the person you want to be. You don't need their approval. You don't need their love. You don't need any of that because everything you need, you have in yourself. And, <clears throat> and fuck like what they think. It's not their life. I thought it was interesting, I guess from a, my writer's mind, this really frustrated me, is that because a lot of my communication with them was through email, that I feel like that should have given them more of an opportunity to open up and to really consider what I was saying and to really consider what they wanted to say back and right. how they wanted to respond, like really have a measured response because you can and, see it sitting there in front of, of you and words. reread it yeah. and, and you can kind of keep Do playing want, on what yeah. you want. Work and, on it, the wording. and Is this really what I want to say or is this what I really feel? And I didn't get that a lot. Almost none of the times there wasn't any. I would get short responses. I would get a, a lot of Well, yeah, you would write a lot of paragraphs. ignoring my questions or... Again, like, I would just give very, like, uh, small talk yeah, responses. Yeah, you would show the interest. You would be writing multiple paragraphs, you know, <laughs> filling them in on, on what's going on in your life. And you're asking trying them, to make them feel and trying to get them to engage. Showing them my way of showing affection or interest in them or... Yeah, that, that's my, that was my investment in them. And I feel like they couldn't even give me back much at all in regards to that i mean they they had their moments that were encouraging and that felt like oh that's a good reply or whatever but then mo most of the time it wasn't so that became most very of the time everything got skirted over and it became a bible verse yeah very discouraging let's move on this is depressing <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to get so into such a sensitive topic um this screenshot is from investopedia <laughs> Maybe you can run and get some water for us. We don't have any water over here. Oh, no. We just have a sip of coffee, and I'm, it's really hot in here. Uh, it's, it says the key takeaways for the article is that Facebook has universal appeal and is the most popular social network among middle-aged in, in Internet terms of users. Twitter's audience skews younger than Facebook's and is primarily a source for news. Instagram's users tend to be very young in their teens and 20s and very active and loyal. <laughs> I think that's when I was doing some research about platforms, like the benefits of... Like what platform to kind of be on? Yeah, if any of the social media platforms had an advantage over the other, this was probably... Close to maybe when I, we were about to do the podcast. I could never get on board with Twitter. I tried it. It just August third. Yeah, I think I, I first really like it. And uh, twenty nineteen. 
I actually use Facebook just for news. And then I feel like Instagram. Yeah, that's what I used to do. I do feel like Instagram is kind of a lot of the the young, like the 20s, the 30s. And they're very loyal. I don't feel like they're loyal. (laughs) How do you prove loyalty on social media? Yeah, how do you prove loyalty? I don't know. They use it the most. Yeah, maybe out of their age group. Yeah. They use that one the most. They're not deleting their accounts. Maybe there's less turnover. Hmm. Yeah, like less deactivations or whatever. Uh, Those were kind of some interesting things about the big three social media. Uh, Next screenshot from the BBC.com. BBC. Uh, I have this highlighted. I think it's something about sleep. It says, your body has two two inbuilt nap times when energy levels dip. The first between 1 and 3 p.m., and the second between 5 and 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. Now he just works around the kickoff. Before, I think this is in regards to, uh, to uh, it looks like a, a soccer player, Real Madrid in Wales. Mm. I think this was about their, uh, like, their trainers were, like, trying different things like to get their players to, like, uh, like perform better? Yeah, up their performance. Uh, so the guy says, now he just works around the kickoff. Before and after the game, he has a routine. If he's got a 7.45 kickoff at home, his bedtime is 2 a.m. Fuck, that's late. And he gets up at 6.30 and has breakfast. If he's still tired, he'll have a 90-minute nap at those times and catch up with his sleep that way. Hmm. I don't do well with naps. I don't. I feel like a lot of times I, I, I wake up more, get tired. more groggy, but I feel like since taking the uh, that mushroom supplement complex, uh, that G- mushroom I'm less tired and genius mushrooms. I'm less tired, and uh, if I do nap, that I wake up feeling more a little bit more refreshed and, and level, not just like oh grog. Um, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with naps because I feel like I, half the time, I, I I guess maybe 75% of the time, I do wake up feeling like in a worse condition. And then like the other percentages of the time, like I feel more refreshed and better. But I think that's when I take like shorter naps where like I know I can't just like sleep. But like right now during like quarantine, I can just like push snooze and sleep for like four hours and it's like no big deal because I don't have anything but time right now. So, so I was addressing the, the fan. What would you say? Oh, my <laughs> <I'm joking>. God. <laughs> All right. The uh, can adjust and listen. Continuing at the, the article. Tennis great Roger Federer and basketball star. Why do they just call him star? He's great, too. LeBron James. LG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And basketball star LeBron James are both advocates of sleeping for upwards of 10 hours oh. per night. That's about what I require. I feel like a perfect night of sleep is about it's 10 about hours. About 10 hours. I'd say anywhere and between like this. 8 to 10 for sure. And re- research shows the performance benefits of proper rest for athletes. Uh, a study by Stanford University sleep expert Sheree Ma showed basketball players who increased their sleep duration to those levels improved shot accuracy by 9% in tests and recorded improved sprint and reaction times. 
take recovery for granted and the risks are great. One restless night is enough to weaken the immune system and increase the risk of illness. What? Just one night? Yeah. You had to have a recovery day the other day. You did a bunch of like leg exercises or oh. something and then you could barely go down oh the stairs God. the next day. No, that's because I worked out like freaking <laughs> twice in one day. I did a bunch of like leg exercises <laughs> and like crunches like core mountain climbers things like that and then i feel like i did that for like an over an hour out on the patio and then i think later that night we went to the baseball field and we jogged mm. around and mm. we played catch and then we jogged around again that was and fun i had we saw like eight rabbits oh my god they just kept coming out eight right yeah i think we saw eight we started with like Four. Five, four? It was four, because it was always in, like, even numbers, oddly. It slowly kept coming. Yeah, out. every time we looked over, there was, like, two more. <laughs> and then we would, like, go back to what we were doing and come back, and there'd be, like, two more rabbits. We were only there for, like, what, an hour? It was, <laughs> yeah. it was a fun day, though. I, uh, I do feel pretty good about all that working out, but I was definitely sore. All right, I down. got two Amazon reviews. Tell me if I already read these. Did I do one on Stimudent plaque remover uh, no. sticks? Okay, we'll do these. No. What about uh, uh, bee pollen? I thought I ranted about I bee pollen I feel like once. we did talk about bee pollen, yes. Okay, maybe I did this one too. Um, Stimudent plaque removers. You can get the or I got these on Amazon. I don't recommend them. I gave them one star. I don't have these reviews up anymore because I don't believe in doing reviews without compensation. And uh, the headline I gave it was, these don't make you want to use them. <laughs> <laughs> these don't make you want to use them. The review says, I wrote, unless your dentist instructed you to use these, you'll probably have no incentive to continue using them. The texture and feeling of rubbing a piece of wood against your gums and uh. teeth is less enjoyable than using a water pick, electric toothbrush, or that fishing line they call floss. <laughs> I feel like I did read this. <laughs> Stimudent. Yeah, I... Did you try those? It was literally like a shaped <sighs> stick that's... Maybe. It's like a, like a wide toothpick. It's kind of, it's got a flat part. And you just scrape like the top of your... They say to can stimulate your, your, like, your gums. Uh, gum line. Yeah, I hear you're supposed to like stimulate and, like, your gum lines and whatever. Teeth, I yeah. guess with this piece of wood, it... It's horrible. Yeah, I... So unless your dentist instructed you, I don't think anyone will ever use these or want to use these. I still and think... I question if it really helps. I even though still the ADA question it. floss. I use floss it. Floss uses... Uh, it's helped me a shit ton. Okay, yes, it does help because <laughs> I, I do use it and it works, but uh -huh. I feel like it's also, like, hard on my gums. Mm. Even if I'm not trying to, f like, even if I'm flossing carefully and trying not to, like, just, like, jam it up there or whatever, I feel like floss still, like, hurts. And and I yeah, think... Yeah, and the dentist has always done it really rough on me, too. Right. So and that tells me that they would think it's okay for you to do it to yourself daily. Yeah, because I and even had... And that might cause, like, gum, a receding gum line or something. I've even had, like, you a few dentists tell me, like, oh, your teeth are really close together. Like, it, it's it's hard to get, like, floss mm. down here. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But, like, I have to. And um, 
I, I recommend a water pick. I feel like it does. And an electric toothbrush. Those have been the two mess with my gums. best uh, teeth uh, cleaning. cleaning products. Hygiene products. Yeah. And like a fluoride <laughs> rinse. All right. <clears throat> Next review is an old one I had on Amazon. Uh, it's for the Greenbow Organic Bee Pollen. 100% USDA certified organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I give it one star overall rating, one star for flavor, one star for presentation, one star for value for the money. Oh my God. <laughs> my headline says, help the bees, don't exploit them. I think some people might argue that beekeepers actually help the bees. Even though I feel they're, like I might have heard an argument about that. Even though they're taking the stuff that they make, and that there's a lot of like collateral damage in the process during harvesting, yeah, and, and checking and maintenance of all that stuff. So it's I kind of too uh, much about beekeeping. again, it's an animal product. I think is my point. I wrote in my review. I tried these because two coworkers in the tree service industry swore it gave them energy. Does this sound familiar? No. I later felt immense regrets after learning that the harvesting of honey, pollen, and other bee-enabled treats gets bees killed via collateral damage. I just fucking said that. Yeah. And literally robs them of all their hard work. It's animal slavery and exploitation. I think humans can live without ingesting unnatural amounts of bee pollen and honey, which is like a sugar. Yeah. Uh, flavor and presentation don't matter when there's better alternatives to sugar and micronutrients. Oh. This guy's fucking smart. Who wrote this? That sounds very narcissistic. <laughs> All right, we watched... Oh, wait, now I watched this. Uh, the Maltese Falcon with uh, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Okay. It's considered a classic. Okay. I have an issue with this poster. I don't think this has been photoshopped. I think it's an original poster. But the tagline says a story as explosive as his blazing automatics and has a picture of Humphrey Bogart holding a gun in each hand. Yeah. And it looks like bullets are coming out of him. Right. I write in my note, lies. <laughs> Why? Because he doesn't fucking shoot a gun. At all in the movie. I don't think he shoots right? a gun the entire movie. And I think... His, his gun is a revolver, and they show him with automatics in this. I'm pretty sure he has a, a revolver, but even if he doesn't, I'm pretty sure that they only show a gun for, like, maybe five seconds <laughs> in the whole, like, two-hour movie. Yeah. And, and they're trying to paint it like a fucking action That's false advertisement, for sure. Like, there's gunfights and shootouts and... But a gun's in the, scene, <laughs> in the whole movie for, like, a like, there's a, a big pivotal scene with guns. There's not. Um, she loved that stuff. Met law. That's a met law violator. Arrest them. Hoax. Right, here's a screenshot Hoax. from Google Maps. You get tired over there? A little bit. I'm getting bored. I'm getting antsy. Okay. Me too. From I'm moving along. Sitting over for here. so long. Okay, we'll do a few more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, here's one from Google Maps uh, of our address right out. Uh, out front I have it labeled as home and they ask on the Google app are you here now 
And you can answer yes or no, and then it says visible only to you. What? Why do they even need to know that? Yeah. That's really creepy. And why would I answer if it's only visible to me? What's the benefit of me answering? Yeah, like I think I know where I'm at. Why do I need to tell you, you weird <laughs> computer bot thing? I don't know, Google, Facebook, and uh, some of these other platforms are i get a feeling might be funded by like the fbi the cia the nsa in order to track us to yeah to be um keep tabs what do they call that like stuff. data mining yeah yeah it's scary it is scary they there seems to be no fucking reason well, it's for so this, silly that is. like we have to tell websites like yeah don't sell my information yeah like no, it should be you request. It shouldn't be I have to tell you yeah. don't do that and opt out. You should have to fucking opt in. Yeah, I want you guys to sell my stuff. Yeah, that I want you to market norm. to me. It shouldn't be the norm to have to like request them. Please, I want to opt sell my out. information just because I have to visit your website. <sighs> I'm getting websites now that won't even let me look at their content without accepting their cookies. Their cookies, first. yeah. It's like, what? I'll be like, nope. I'll just back out of there and go I'll somewhere find else. find it somewhere else. I don't need your that fucking That same content. information could be found on, like, ten different, like, news outlets. Yeah. So There was a, an article by, like, the New York Times or the Washington Post the other day that I wanted to read. But I just uh, copied the headline pretty much into Google and found a free... Uh, media or news outlet that that had like that the had same the same story. fucking story that i didn't have to pay for a subscription to get through their paywall That's so fucking crazy that that they so even I'll just have go somewhere paywalls. else guys yeah i'm not gonna fucking play your game you the guys are getting advertising money from like, like all your ads and whatever else but oh i gotta fucking pay you guys now for the same stories that this other outlet is doing exactly like, the same for they're quoting you guys it's like porn why would people even pay for it when it's like free uh, it's like the same logic shot. this is a a screenshot where i was trying to add lyrics to an ob try song <laughs> on genius.com let me guess they denied it <laughs> yeah yeah uh the song was for uh, the the intro for the fifth, the fifth intro. His album was called the fifth, mm, the fifth, which is, which is fifth album. Um, I wrote in my note, we couldn't propose edits on Genius.com for Obi Trice's the fifth album intro, so we had to put them in the comment section. The original author's edit is still up and incomplete. As of May 8th, 2020. So I say we, it's because this other user tried to submit the the lyrics. And he got them started and has a significant amount more than the original author. He did the whole song pretty much. And oh, the original shit. author did like half or maybe like a third. So... There was an option, if you're a user, that you can contribute to the lyrics and make annotations and stuff. Uh, but this guy couldn't do it. Hmm. I tried to do it, and it wouldn't let me do it. Interesting. So it's like certain moderators or users or authors can lock, lock the, the song lyrics out. 
and not allow anyone else to make changes without their approval, it seems. So, so why even this have it user, as an option? Yeah, exactly. This user, his name is Front End Front End Strong. <laughs> Front End Strong. <laughs> is that like a dick reference? Probably. He Probably couldn't like- do it. Um, so he posted in the in the uh, comments, and then I just like kind of touched up his, added to it, changed a few words, and finished the lyrics in my comment. And he wrote, "I couldn't propose." the edit but hopefully this saves someone some time well uh yeah so that's some bullshit some more moderators giving you this idea that you have this yeah option just sign up like really you don't and you can contribute well yeah sign up and get this free account so you can give us more of your information so we can (laughs) sell it and then in turn we're not going to really let you do what we told you yeah why you're signing up yeah it's literally so I had an account like for no is. reason. Um, yeah, it, it, they're preventing the use that they claim that you can do. And still, as of just a couple weeks ago, and this was from when is this? Said as of like May something. Yeah, but when would I actually take the screenshot? Oh. Yeah, when September second, twenty nineteen. So months ago, and it's still incomplete so that's great that shows you that those systems inhibit progress that this is still incomplete after months and this is the same systems pretty much that they use for government and for corporations Mm -hmm. that this insider gatekeeper system and it shows you right here that it's inhibiting progress that this fucking thing still isn't finished we still can't contribute. We still can't do what you claim that we can do. Yeah, it's just more false, hollow bullshit they just feed us because they just want us to stay in line. All right, here's some pictures of the dentist that I had. That Out visit. here? And we were going to talk about this, I think. Or did we already talk about the details of that? I feel like we did. But here's yeah, the did. pictures. Um, you can kind of look with me. So this weird machine that weird I must is that, that was directly behind the chair. So the machine's up here, right here. This machine is. I think this is their oh X-ray my machine. God, this thing yeah, looks it is. like Look, it's it says like X-ray on it. This Warning thing looks this like it's X- like fifty years old. <laughs> it's a General Electric. It's all rusty. It's a oh. pan a pain ellipse. Pain ellipse. Oh, and it's all like gross and dirty. There's a piece of tape on it oh. for the on-off switch. This is at my dentist. Clean, the cling wrap, wrap which right they use for the armrest and the uh, chair. Oh. Where's my fucking clickers? It's like walking into like a weird... Uh, so this whole chair is covered in plastic. It's got tears in the polyester. Oh, it's like missing a whole piece it's all of worn material. And There's foam tearing out of it, spewing out its guts. On top of the fact that they had that really weird waiting lobby with the weird, like, clown <laughs> paintings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. This place more. was sketch AF, BT does. This guy's playing as, oh, this is a clown playing a saxophone oh my in the hallway. God. This dude had a weird <laughs> obsession with, like, what would these be considered? Like, the, the, bo- like um, the hobo clowns? Like in the street. What? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what like era that Almost came like from. Almost like black caricatures, like the weird. Uh, I don't even know what 
just black caricatures. Yeah. But artwork. It's very bizarre. And they made them all look so sad. Uh, <laughs> this is the office where I could hear someone clipping their nails oh, while I was waiting. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. I swear I could hear it too. It was so <laughs> gross. Uh, here's their x-ray machine right here to the left. Uh, they stuck that thing right in my face. Yeah, I don't know if I and would. And here's like, their light. I'm surprised you didn't get Rona just from visiting there. That's here's all their files that they had within arm's reach. Yeah, you could have like on an open shelf that I was left unattended with for quite a long time. I feel like at least 15 minutes. Man, 15 minutes. You probably could have gone through like at least like five patient files. No one came in there for like 15 minutes at least. Wow, that's a lot of files. That's I like, could have jacked all those people's like social security. It's got to be at least like over, almost a thousand files, if not more. Here's the picture. I took a uh, a screenshot of that because there wasn't like they had, took us to the wrong to address. the wrong. They took the GPS. The GPS yeah, literally took us stuff. to the place next door. All right, so <clears throat> this ties into what we're talking about for the dentist. This is a screenshot. Where the hell is this from? I don't know where it's from, but I'll just read it. Maybe you can find the article if you're that fucking curious about it. For instance, a document produced for the American Dental Association suggests that an adult with good oral health... Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, Simmer down over and there. low risk of dental problems should have x-rays taken at intervals of every 24 to 36 months. The Canadian Dental Association relies upon the same documents for its recommendations. Even with these guidelines, dentists shouldn't, should not be blindly following them to the point where they automatically have x-rays taken at set times for their patients, says Dr. Ernest Lamb, a professor of dentistry and head of oral and maxi maxillofacial radiology. Oh. Maxillofacial radiology yeah, at the University of Toronto. Interesting. He says whenever an x-ray is ordered, it should be done only after a clinical exam has been performed by the dentist. I do feel like dentists just are like, let's x-ray the shit out of you. When's the last time we had an x-ray? Give him an x-ray. Yeah, it's like every time, I'm, every time I go, they're this like x-ray. This approach helps ensure that the dentist uses his or her professional judgment to determine if an x-ray is really necessary. So I recommend everyone out there request that that be done because that is not being done when I've gone to the dentist over my lifetime. Right. They almost always They always want to x-ray you push because Push for that x-ray immediately. Hello, you know how expensive it is mm -hmm. to x-ray like Oh, we just need proof. Free we just fucking need money from your insurance company. Whatever they claim if they if they're pushing it, I would even question like maybe leave. Say, okay, not interested. Be Thank like, well, you. I already told you I'm not comfortable with wanting to and do this or I want to decline. I guess maybe not leave, but this should maybe be arranged on the phone when setting the appointment. Establish. Uh, I don't want x -rays. I am not going to have an x-ray until they do uh, a, what does he call it, an examination first. Because um, I, I agree. And I... You have those choices. You don't have to let yeah, them x-ray you. Every two to three years years because he says 24 to 36 months um and uh i have read multiple times that x-ray radiation is cumulative so you every time you get an x-ray you're building your more yeah so if you fly a lot 
if you are going to Chernobyl a lot. Um, yeah, you're just ch- hanging out at Chernobyl every <laughs> Radiation weekend. is cumulative. It, it builds up in your system over time. So the less you're exposed to it, the better. Um, so take ownership of, of your life. Don't let someone who just wants to make some easy money off of as someone who's uninformed or not professional and just because they're a doctor or yeah. whatever and they have a degree we talked that, about that that, that doesn't day. mean that you have to take everything they say as like truth Remember or the, like an instant like oh they they say i need x-rays there's nothing yeah. wrong with saying i don't agree i would like to get a second opinion i don't want to be x-rayed simple as that uh, I mentioned that Joan Rivers' dentist that took a selfie while she was, like, under. Oh, uh, yeah. She was, like, gassed. She was, like, gassed. Like, that is so messed she up. She was sleeping, and he was taking selfies. That's, I think um, is what the article was. Um, that's creepy. All right, moving on. This is a... <laughs> this is my former employer. This is a Yelp review of my former employer. Uh, this is from a customer who used his service and reviewed his uh, tree service on Yelp. She gave him this review November 26th of 2018. I would have been his employee. You were still his employee employer at that point. During this time, because I started with him around uh, September of 2018. Mm-hmm. And you didn't leave until like I, January, I remember February. this going down. And I think I... <sighs> I think I mentioned it to you. I don't know if I read you any of it. I'll read her uh, review. Yeah, she let's says, hear a review. This guy is by far the worst person and company <laughs> I've ever dealt with in my adult life. Wow. I feel so like she's I, talking about a guy I yeah, worked for and former I, boss. who I can attest she's very uh, accurate and on point with her description. That's why I'm no longer with him. I left his. Uh, employment his toxic after about six months of trying to tolerate him trying <laughs> and work to with him. make excuses on why and he try to help stay. his company yeah. fucking survive when everyone else left his ass um she continues charged uh, he charged my mom for services not done see pics he charged her $650 for cutting and mulching a tree stump that he didn't cut down uh, Hello? Uh, will not return my phone calls, of which I've left at least five messages. Oh, yeah. Um, a little note on that. Yeah, I have I used to handle his, his work cell phone. And he had lots of people that were constantly trying to get in touch to him. Please return my calls. Please call me back. I've texted you. I've called you. Uh, he would just lose work orders and and make commitments or say things and then just completely bury him forget about him uh a lot of unhappy customers i can't believe he's got like the rating he's got on google maps right now um she continues uh i don't know if that yellow thing is supposed to be sticking out that high also he owes my mother a refund for services not completed the yellow thing she's talking about is a uh, a root barrier, I think is what those were called. Uh, you you put it, you bury. It's like this, just like a long sheet of um, like a, uh, some kind of fabric. Yeah, it's thin like paper. It's got like like little 
dabs of stuff on it that keeps roots from like kills roots i think on contact if the root touches tries it, to like break the or, ground or it makes up. it it makes it so that it doesn't go through that barrier okay um and yeah it is supposed to stick out a little bit is how i was trained so um she continues all he did was trim the tree and half assed putting in a root barrier so there it is so that's the yellow thing she just referenced um half-assed putting in a root barrier those things are a pain in the ass to put in it has to be completely like if there's rocks in the in the dirt oh my god like pretty much your day yeah. is gonna fucking suck that was the hardest day of my life was putting uh, one of the hardest days of my life top three having was a day in. i put in a root barrier that lined a fence between a fence and a concrete like patio and it was there was only about i don't know like maybe a foot foot wide and we dug this like i 20 foot trench along this thing i and remember you we had telling to me about dig at least sure. like a foot down or something and there was just huge rocks all along the way I'm pretty sure it, you acquired a lot of like, battle wounds that day. It was like an 85 degree day or something like that. And it was on a Saturday. And I just remember it, I thought I was going to pass out from from heat and from exertion. Yeah. And from not this, having enough space to move around <laughs> yeah. and to like get this freaking job oh. done. Uh, she continues in the review. I had a, a, according to my mom, he was in a sour mood when he came back to complete the work. I had an irrigation leak that needed to be handled first. Oh, uh, so upon does. return, he was snappy to my mom. And, uh, is that what he was supposed to have said? I had an irrigation leak that happened that needed to be handled first. Maybe he probably... broke someone's irrigation when I was working with him. <gasps> He was digging, and I, I got the feeling that he did that a lot. I wouldn't that, be surprised the dude was, like, drunk yeah. on the job. Yeah. It's not really a job you can, like, be drunk on. Because, <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of mistakes that can be made. Um, upon return, he was snappy to my mom and wouldn't answer her questions about the tree. Threw the dirt and the stuff back into the planter box and snapped, I'm done, at her. She was so upset and didn't understand what happened. Oh, I forgot to mention he brought his seven-year-old son along to the job. Which the, you said he the did first time. Yep. Before he's told me he's done that before, that he's had his son helping clean up, uh, like all the debris. Child labor laws. Hello. From chainsawing branches. Yeah, because your seven-year-old needs to be inhaling all of that. Well falling fucking branches yeah like not twigs branches kids he should not be around that for one and then like i already said hello child labor laws and then you make uh, this kid clean up your job so she says he brought his seven-year-old son along to the job the first time who brings their child to a job site so on top of the commotion i'm watching his son too for at least two hours ridiculous yeah, like, I hired you to come to a job, not you come to a job and me be your babysitter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get to the next That's page. That's very odd. Uh, hey, Roy, I'm reporting you to the BBB as well. Don't be surprised if you get a court summons also. 
Guess you should be. Guess you should have just called me back, huh? Damn. You get a girl. That was uh, from Michelle A for the Roy Schwartz and Son Tree Service. Yeah. Yeah, that was an awful company to work for. Yeah, I'm glad that someone. I had very few good days with that. Oh yeah. Job, and I really tried to keep my cool and. Well, I really tried like to to help them succeed as a company too, and I just felt like they just torpedoed every every fucking opportunity uh that they got for help or or customers or whatever it was a bizarre experience yeah uh, just work hard just, just yeah i know your dreams will come true like uh no because working hard means working for crazy fucking weird ass people who emotion or like um vocally like abuse you all right, next screenshot is... I think we're about done here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a Kelly Blue Book trade-in value and, and Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Get trade-in value and offer. Okay, so I think that is uh, what I would suggest. I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing here. I think maybe these were left in here from my CarMax review that i went in here mm, and like took maybe screenshots going. of what kelly blue book said the private party uh value and the trade-in value would be for uh trading in your 2012 prius that you had and um yeah carmax definitely didn't come within no, and I and what, I what the Kelly Blue Book value was, and right? They, and I think they anticipate that because they know people that want to sell with CarMax want convenience of I just kind of want this done. I need quick I need cash. I need it done and over with. Yeah, and are willing to take like a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollar loss on what they might get for private value or a, a trade in. Yeah, because you're not trading it in. You're I definitely it to them, and they don't give you private. They don't give you a private party value, even though you're selling to them. Right. I definitely you're not suggest trading. at least going and Kelly Blue booking it before you do sell it because you can maybe kind of have a potential leverage um, and hoping that they might offer a little bit more. We went or I went once by myself, I think, and then we went together. And the first time I went for my car. Yeah, you went for I did your the car. same thing and he 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 held solid. He didn't raise the value. Yeah, and, then and I think when, when we I did it they didn't you, either. I, I referenced that too. Like this is what the value on Blue on Kelly Blue Book says. They don't fucking care. I feel like Kelly Blue Book is like a fraud in itself. It's like an outdated where it's not even used as I don't know if it was ever used as a real at least during my lifetime. Tool. Because I feel like since a teenager I've Anytime tried I've, like, referenced to use it, it, yeah, and it's never gotten me any. Like, I never had any leverage over a deal or right. gotten a guy like a, a salesman really, like, to like me. meet my uh, meet that match. But at least it'll be good to like. At least it's good to know like, Oops. kind of how broken again the system is because you can look on kelly blue book and if you do believe that that is what like the value of your car is and you go to these places such as carmax or hertz or whatever and you sell your car like 
it's interesting to see the difference, I guess, in, in the pricing contrast and wondering who who's playing whom. They just invent a number. Yeah. This works for for our fucking... Are we cynical? Do we question the system yes. too much? <laughs> All right, here's a picture of a clam oyster shell fragment. I don't know if it's a clam shell fragment or an oyster shell fragment, so oh, I just wrote both. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember. That thing getting... looks at that. <laughs> that thing looks at that. Look at this thing. At... Like, that looks like it could just, like, stab the shit out of your gums. It, it looks like a giant, or not a giant It looks sliver. like a it, weird it looks like a big animal tooth. Like a weird, like a... A sharp, white sliver that's about an inch long. Like, it looks like it could be like a fish rib or something. And it was hard it's like a bone it's a fragment of a shell so it's it's sharp like fucking like sharp. a needle it looks like a it looks like a knife it looks like half a needle <laughs> and that thing was in my fucking clam or oyster uh Ugh. my um tin uh sardine yeah those little tin things you get uh which is not the first time that's freaky. you've had some weird good thing it didn't stab the shit out of me right what stuck if you like, in my like bit tooth it, gum yeah what if you bit it wrong and it was like like and pierced, I'm pretty sure like, there wasn't any. Oh, I don't want to think about disclaimer it. on there saying saying like you could find like fragments for, for needle shell fragments. That's scary. How do they not have a way to like rinse those off before like packaging? I don't know. That's I a don't know. sizable. <laughs> okay, let's. That's move. that is a very sizable. There's a picture of a guy uh, holding a thumb. sign that says "Build the wall." Around my house, I hate everyone. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Super facts, mega facts. That's on a psychosocial club on Instagram. Oh, yeah, I follow them. You know what? I probably, probably sent, sent you that. that to me. Because I was like, amen to that. I fucking agree. Here's a screenshot of uh, when I was watching Vin Diesel's short film that he uh, made and directed and wrote, I believe. Mm. Uh, back in 1995, a frustrated young actor named Vin Diesel made a short film about, well, being a frustrated young actor. <laughs> Multifacial is the title. It recently surfaced, and it features Diesel struggling to earn parts at auditions, finding that his racially ambiguous facial features almost automatically get him cut from the call sheet. Needless to say, the Furious 7 actor has found his niche in the Hollywood or in Hollywood, but this is certainly interesting to look back on. He sports an earring, puts on a thick Italian accent, <laughs> raps, and gives an impassioned monologue at the end about his father. My father. Fun fact, fun fact Steven Spielberg saw the film at Con and put Diesel in Saving Private Ryan because of it. Whoa, that's cool. I watched it, uh, or I skimmed through it. I think I watched like the first half and then kind of skimmed the second half. It was pretty interesting. It wasn't bad. I mean, for I think he wrote it, directed it, and wow. started it. Uh, I thought it was a uh, pretty cool, <laughs> pretty cool dude. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, oh god, here's another shell fragment. God, that one, is that the other side of it? Is that like a it? different view of it? I think so. Still, Damn. that's that's pretty scary. All right, here's a. Uh, screenshot. Yeah, what is it? it says hi uh, from highprogrammer.com. Yeah. Oh, I think he had a issue with uh, moderators, too. <gasps> he writes, one particular subgroup of Wikipedia haters are the, quote, I tried editing, but they rejected my work. 
unquote. Uh, I largely chalked this up to simple whining. Having spent time maintaining articles, I know there is no limit to people who try to put outright bias, unverifiable, and, and contested facts, and lots of link spam. Maybe that's what they thought I was doing. However, a subset complained that Wikipedia's deletion policy is arbitrary. That's kind of what I argue. Yeah. I was less certain that this was true, as I had no real experience with Wikipedia's deletion procedures. Now I have that experience, and I'm forced to conclude that much of the criticism is accurate, in particular regarding, quote, non-notable topics. It's arbitrary and uneven. I agree, that was my experience, too. Yeah. Like, you don't really know. It just seems like they just, like, well, I don't like this. Or yeah, it's a very biased. I idolize this figure, and I'm going to protect them. Yeah, because I don't anything want anything that anyone says anything negative, even though it might be true, even though they are following the rules. How the fuck do we know when they're just like they can interpret the rules however they want because yeah. they're the insider? They have the I don't want to spend my all day like doing whatever it takes to be a moderator or be able to contribute and or to level up and get like a certain amount of points before you can contribute in another area. I think Reddit does something like that. Hmm. And it's all for fucking free. Yeah. It's like, sorry, I don't want to do, do that, but that. I can't, like, contribute. In any other way. In any other way. I have to, like, meet all these crazy... But then you guys brand yourself as, like, this inclusive, open source thing. It's really not, But though. it's really not, because you still have to jump through all these You guys can market yourself and, like, as that and fucking lie, but that's not what you guys are. Yeah, hit that keyboard and <laughs> Take it out on it. Here is a uh, picture of the film. We watched this on Hulu. It's called Hail Satan? With mm. a question mark. Do you remember mm -hmm. that movie? I do. Their like summary uh, describes it as Hail Satan offers a look at a group of misunderstood outsiders whose commitment to social and political justice has empowered thousands of people. Uh, I would give it a thumbs up and recommend it. It wasn't a perfect film, and it's there's weird moments. I mean, I'm not a Satanist, and yeah. I it, it, did it have that it, it, weird <laughs> the guy with like the very interesting with the eye, eye. Lucius Graves, yeah. I think his name is. Was that that movie? Am I yeah. thinking of the right movie? Yeah. Okay, okay. I think the trailer. You can watch the trailer on Hulu, um, if it's still on there. Yeah. Anyway, the trailer gives you, like, a really good idea of what the film's about. Um, so if you, like, want to watch more of the details, the film is pretty much the trailer. Uh, but if you just want to get an idea of what it is, it's just... They're trying to um, call out, I think, the hypocrisy of they... It was something to do with the Ten Commandments uh, monuments at... at at the courthouses or at yeah, the capitals. Something. I can't really remember. At the at the state that they're like based in or something. I forget. Um, but they're trying to point out the irony that it's it was okay for them to have the Ten Commandments up, but they didn't want an icon to like Satan, like a goat. But it was okay for biblical references or God references and their religion, but it's not okay for 
this other religion. Yeah. So they were kind of poking holes in the idea that America stands for um, like being this tolerant country or a religious haven where you're free to practice religion. And I had my own issues with religion, but I liked their them pointing out that this hypocrisy. Yeah. Because it it's feels true. Like no one it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, and whether it seems you like no agree one else really does. With their um viewpoints or their religious beliefs, I don't even think some of them uh I don't know. They're they're it was an interesting group. I don't know how many are really Satanists or how many just wanted to like kind of be a part of ruffle some feathers yeah. or, or whatever. But I think the point stands that they, they prove a really fucking good point with the bullshit that the government sells us and trying to be like tolerant. And, when and in reality, like they really aren't. Yeah. They like, only want it one, one way yeah, on one side. They want to sell us this, this dream, this idea, or this one religion, this cr- only Christianity or only Catholicism or only whatever. Yeah. Instead of being accepting that there's multiples and we should accept them all and we should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to like be repeating myself. I feel uh-huh. like I just sometimes. All I right. Just so this will be myself. our last one. It is a picture of Arizona unsweet brewed tea. Mm. And my note says ingredient label using millimeters, ounces, and grams. <laughs> so they use three different uh, like measuring formats. What would that be called? Uh, and it made it, I remember I was trying to like figure something out. And I was like, so I have to convert this. From millimeters <laughs> to ounces to grams or from grams. Instead to, of just having it all in like one. Yeah, that was annoying. I do really. I feel like I've seen that more than once. Where oh, I'm trying to convert yeah. or do math in my head. And it's like, guys, why don't you just pick one measurement? Uh, why am I blanking on the uh, I'm like totally blanking on it too. <laughs> like a form just of measurement. Yeah. Um, and then the last note I had on it was they filled the tea to about a centimeter from the edge of the bottle. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> they, yeah. you get, like it, I opened it. And it was going to like spill. Flat on the counter. And it was like to the top. Like, I mean. If I bumped it, it would have spilled out. I've never seen anything filled so, I'm never, so full. <laughs> I'm like, kudos to actually like letting me get my money's worth. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank you. Appreciate right. that. We'll leave on an uh, end on a high note we'll, yeah. by giving a compliment. Yeah. Um, I also yeah. complain about their measurement system. That's right. So. All right. The my mouth is bad. dry. It is warm in here. It is 8 p.m. We've been talking for four hours, or I have. That's a lot. And it's time to rest our vocal cords yeah, and drink some water. Turn on the AC. That's right. And find a way to decompress after all the cynicism. <laughs> yes. Now, hopefully we're not being cynical. Hopefully we're being constructive. Trying to and, be at uh, least interesting hopefully i don't know we can't uh we can't make you guys do what we want you to do donate it uh (laughs) donate us money um my god (laughs) uh but we can no i don't have anything else no not really blank as uh, always whatever i've given you a lot of good um talking points today so (laughs) show some appreciation i appreciate (laughs) <laughs> I, I appreciate as well. I won't tell you what I appreciate, but I appreciate. All right, but thanks, I appreciate everyone. you guys for listening. So thank, thank, you, thank you guys. Have a good night. You have the emergence in human society of this thing that's called the state. 
What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state, and three, well, you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. You'd be killing each other if there were no police. But the reality is, the police become necessary in human society. You know how we think Organize the hood under our ching banners Red, black, and green instead of gang bandanas FBI spying on us through the radio antennas And them hitting cameras in the street like watching society With no respect for the people's right to privacy I take a slug for the cause like Huey P While all you fake niggas try to copy Master P I wanna be free to live Able to have what I need to live Bring the power back to the street Where the people live We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons Dying over money and relying on religion for help we do for self like ants in a colony organize the wealth into a socialist economy a way of life based off the common needs and all my comrades is ready we just spreading the seed the black male live a third of his life in a jail cell cause the world is controlled by the white male and the people don't never get justice and the women don't never get respected and the problems don't never get solved and the jobs don't never pay enough No more bondage, no more political monsters, no more secret space launches. Government departments started it in the projects, material objects, thousands up in the closets. Could have been invested in the future for my comrades. Battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat. Many never come back, pretty niggas be running with gas. Rather get shot in they back than fire back. We're tired of that. Corporations hiring blacks, denying the facts, exploiting us all over the map. That's why I write the shit I write in my raps. It's documented, I meant it. Every day of the week, I live in it, breathe in it It's more than just fucking believing it I'm holding in ones, rolling up my sleeves and shit It's C-Lo for push-ups now, many headed for one conclusion Niggas ain't ready for revolution The average black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice And the women don't never get respected And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough so the rent always be late. Can you relate? We living in a police state.